Welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association CEO says when it comes to cell-based proteins, beef producers want market fairness. This is not necessarily about being afraid of cell-based protein. It's making sure that they have to follow the same rules that we do. And that is why the announcement from USDA that a certificate of inspection had been provided for this cell-based chicken product was actually a win for us. NCBA CEO Colin Woodall says cell-based protein producers want to be under the authority of the Food and Drug Administration, not the Department of Agriculture. If you're a food manufacturer that has FDA inspection, you might get inspected once a week, maybe once a year, based upon your risk assessment. That's unacceptable for somebody that's going to be in supposedly the meat or protein business, because we have to be inspected every single day. So we did lead a coalition several years ago that got the USDA inspection, so that's a win. Now, Woodall says NCBA's focus is making sure the label is clear to the consumer on what they are actually buying, looking at things such as lab-grown, cell-cultured, and synthetic. We have to be very careful here that whatever we come up with, there is not a loophole, like so many times you find in federal regulations, that they can circumvent it and come up with something like slaughter-free beef. That just makes things even harder. So we're spending a lot of time really trying to work on those sideboards. And we're going to, have to do this through legislation because this administration is not going to tackle this issue. So it's going to take legislation. And we do have bipartisan support on the Hill to help us with this. Woodall emphasized that NCBA is not critical of cell-based products on the market, but instead is concerned with confusion about the labeling aspect. We need to be careful on what we want to say about somebody's ability to enter some sort of market because that can and will be used against us in the future. The biggest burden is on us in continuing to promote our product. We are the preferred protein. I believe we're going to remain the preferred protein, but the way we do that is make sure that everything on that label is clear to the consumer. Woodall adds the introduction of cell-based proteins on the market gives the beef industry a great opportunity to showcase all of the great attributes of beef the way God intended it. While Tyson Foods on Monday announced the planned closure of four chicken processing facilities in the United States, Tyson Foods will close facilities in North Little Rock, Arkansas, Corridan, Indiana, Dexter, Missouri, and Noel, Missouri. The company will shift production to other facilities and cease operations at the impacted locations in the first half of fiscal year 2024. Donnie King, Tyson Foods president and CEO, says, quote, while current market dynamics remain challenging, Tyson Foods is fully committed to our vision of delivering sustainable, top-line growth and margin improvement, end quote. Tyson made the announcement as part of its third quarter fiscal year 2023 results. The company reported a 7.5% or $324 million operating loss on chicken operations and a 5.6% loss in pork. Tyson Foods will evaluate the financial statement impact of the closures for charges related to contract terminations, impairments, accelerated depreciation, severance, and retention, and estimates total charges of $300 to $400 million. The dairy checkoff marked its 13th year of impact through Fuel Up to Play 60 while preparing a strategy to bring more partners together. Beginning this school year, the checkoff will shift to the Fuel Up platform. The effort will expand opportunities to increase access to dairy with other foods and engage youth around healthy eating and food production. With the announcement, Dairy Management Inc. is transitioning from a partnership with the NFL to a no-cost collaboration, which paves the way to co-create programs that support youth wellness. 
DMI President and CEO Barbara O'Brien says, quote, We need to think differently to protect farmers' ability to deliver long-term value to children and in schools, end quote. Fuel Up will work with schools and partners to deliver solutions and resources that increase access to dairy products, expand meal participation, and educate students on the role of nutrition in physical wellness and academic achievement. The nation's average gas price rose 7.8 cents last week to 3.79 per gallon and diesel jumped 14.9 cents to 4.14 per gallon. The increases followed the rise in oil prices and pressure from hot weather that impacted refineries. However, the pace of increases has started to slow. It appears to have peaked over the weekend and is beginning to gently fall, according to Gas Buddies' Patrick DeHaan. The price of crude oil has rallied for six straight weeks. In recent days, fundamentals have remained solidly in control behind the upward move as Saudi Arabia continues its severe 1 million barrel per day production cut, driving prices higher. In addition, government data last week showed the largest weekly decline in U.S. crude oil inventories on record. DeHaan says, quote, diesel will likely continue to see upward momentum while gasoline price increases should become more limited, end quote. Well, Action for Healthy Kids is awarding nearly $30 million in subgrants to 264 school districts across 44 states in the District of Columbia. The funds are being provided by USDA's Food and Nutrition Service and will go toward boosting school nutrition programs. USDA Deputy Secretary Sochil Torres-Small says as the school year gets going, it's important to make sure students have nutritious meals to eat. All across the country, parents are getting ready to send their kids to school. And we want to take this time to highlight the work that school nutrition professionals do to keep kids healthy and thriving so we can help them continue to do even more. Every day, almost 30 million children eat a school meal. And what research tells us is that that's typically the healthiest meal that that child will eat that day. So it's important in this moment that we have to make sure that kids get a healthy meal that will help them during this formative time to be able to learn at their best and also grow into healthy adults. Rob Segley is CEO of Action for Healthy Kids. He talks about how schools will use the funds to improve their meal programs. This is a historic investment by the USDA Food and Nutrition Service in school nutrition and will reach students in some of our nation's highest need schools. Through the HMI grants, small and rural school districts will be able to modernize their operations and provide more nutritious meals that appeal to students while increasing culturally relevant foods in their communities. And Action for Healthy Kids will be in charge of managing the grants to the 264 school districts. And also here on today's program, organic fresh produce grew slightly in sales dollars and volume in the second quarter of 2023, reversing a trend of volume loss seen in 2021 and 2022. Overall, organic fresh produce dollar sales increased by 1.5% for quarter two of 2023 compared to the same period last year. With sales for the quarter topping $2.4 billion, volume movement nudged up slightly less than 1%, reversing a downward volume trend that started in 2021. During quarter two of 2023, conventional produce dollar sales grew by 2%, while volume declined by 1.3% as total sales topped $18.8 billion. The Organic Produce Network and Category Partners reports, quote, the rate of organic sales growth, while still positive, slowed compared to past years, giving volume a chance to match that growth, end quote. In the second quarter of this year, 11 of the top 20 organic fresh produce categories posted increases in dollar sales compared to the same period last year. 
And one other final note here on American Ag Today, the National FFA Organization Monday announced a record high student membership of 945,988, an increase of 11% from last year. In addition, the number of FFA chapters continues to grow, increasing by 168 this year, resulting in 9,163 chapters in the U.S., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. That's going to do it for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.